Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week, we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Episode 2203, Leading versus Managing. Leading versus managing, that's the subject today. The distinction that we make on this podcast, Lisa and I both together, and we agree on this, is leadership is influence, it's a focus on others, and it is doing for others what they can't do for themselves. Uh, managing, well, first of all, leadership is people. Managing, our worldview is you don't manage people. You manage the work that the people do. So we're managing the process. We're managing the operations. We're managing the to-do list. We're managing all the tasks. We're managing the output produced by the people. So today's conversation is one to kind of pull pull back and peel that onion a little bit more of leadership versus management. Right? That's right. And the, you know, the whole theory around this and the, the challenge to each of us, you can't, you can't live in any, you can't live in management and still have a high performing team. You've got to be a leader. This is probably the number one issue um, from an HR perspective and just as a mentor generally that I coach on is it's, there's, there's a couple things that we find, at least in city government, that's very, very common. And that's on the any technical person that's really great, an expert in their job that gets promoted into leadership, whether that's supervisory, whether that they're, they're moving from a senior something into a division manager role. Very, very hard transition often to go from being a technical expert to a leader. They typically go from a technical expert to managing. They're doing the same things and managing the same function. That's why we're promoting these people. And that's true in the public that's and the right. private sector. Absolutely. Right? We, we, we promote they're the great. person because they're the best at that task. And that's so right. we think, well, that's they're the natural one to promote and make boss. Yeah. And then the challenge becomes, why well, don't. I don't know why they aren't doing X, Y, Z. I don't know why people are turning over. I don't know. They're really great at what they do. They could have a very healthy team, that's, but they're not as high performing as I, I believe they can be. And it's trying to teach them, uh, trying to teach them it. You've got to lead your people, focus on doing for them what they can't do for themselves. Like you've mentioned bringing out the best in them, growing them. You know, I remember one time we had a, a leader. This has been better than, you know, 10 or 15 years ago and very, very large department in our city. And they, they said, we don't have anybody to go into a supervisory role. And there's greater than 40 people underneath them. And I said, you know, it's a frontline job. And I said, what do you mean? Of the 40 people, there's nobody that you see that can move into super. And they're like, nope, we need to go to the outside. And so that that discussion brings light that you have. We've got to grow our people beneath us to take our jobs. Some people can be threatened by that. I never believe we should be threatened by that, that we are doing a great job if we can grow them. Right. Um, so. That is a continual challenge we have, and it's not that people intend to do it. 
like you said, we hire the experts that are really great at their job. And then we put them in the role and said, go forth. Yeah, <laughs> go, we've, go we go at it, go lead. Yeah, we but don't, we don't think, tell them how to do it. Right. They well, just we don't think about what the they fact, know. Yeah, we don't think about the fact that we've changed their role. The very thing that they were excelling at, we've now said, okay, we don't want you to do that anymore, but we want you to oversee everybody else that does that that does that work. Right. Well, and, and there's and, a lot of micromanaging that goes on in large yep. part because of that. Well, and it's I lived in that role. You know, at one point and yourself doing the checklist. I was coming in every day. What's on the to-do list? Because we always have more to do. I'm sure many cities are like this. I never get through my my 15 items to get done today. I might hit one of them because of all the things coming in that are fires, right? That's just, yeah. that's the way we operate. Well, it started out those. with 15 and there's, before you turn around, there's 25 on there. Yes, that's correct. And so it's all managing your time. But the challenge is I was focused on coming in the door working the to-do list, making sure the team's working the to-do list, getting out the door to get back to my family, right? And under high stress, that's that's where my natural instinct was, is crank stuff off. And I was great at cranking stuff off the list. You know, people knew they could rely on your, your A players, right? You know, I can give them more because they will get it done. But at some point, we had to shift and, and, you know, in my recent years, you helped me with that. I was just in a, in a difficult place, lots just overloaded at the moment, um, short staffed. We just had a lot of unusual things happening all at the same time, lots of fires, uh, happening and and it was a difficult time in, in my career at that moment, I'm good at what I do, but the challenge was seeing the clarity around it. I knew what I needed to do, but you just kind of feel like you're just constantly in this state of flux well but let's um, take a let's take a, a momentary side detour and talk about that because we live in this instagram world right i mean let me show you at the exotic location and, and my whole right. life is this instagram <laughs> moment and unless you're a kardashian it's just not true right i get that they may live in utopia but the rest of us live in the real world and right we got, and we got real problems and situations would that everybody's career, yours wasn't, mine wasn't, this hockey stick growth, right? I mean, this trajectory that we were just, we got on this rocket ship that was That's our right. is our career, and we went straight up. And there was never a rocky moment. There was never a valley. It's just been one mountaintop peak moment after another mountain. That's just mm -hmm. not the reality of it. So, you know, so you had, you had this circumstance, this moment in time, and we've all got them. And I'm sure there are people that are watching and listening to us, and you may be in one of those right now. That's right. You may not be at the mountain. You may not have summited, you know, the, the <laughs> peak and planted your flag. You may be hoping to get there. Wherever you are in the journey is wherever you are. Right, Just right. know this. It's not going to last. Whether you're yes. at the top or whether you're in the valley, it's just not going to last. It's not the way the, the world works. But in those moments where you're focused on that to-do list, who are you thinking the, about the most? Me. There's the problem. On, yeah, you're focused on yourself and what I have to get done instead of others and what we could collaboratively and collectively do as a group, which is way more than I can get done myself. And I had to learn the shift. I call it the shift. I had to learn, I think, you know, Looking back, and I've given this example, like you've given your story, you, we've talked about the stories we tell over and over and over. 
But the one story that I've told and I've helped other leaders see, we don't intend to be the one that's just doing the task and getting them knocked off the plate and not genuinely leading our troops to become better themselves and do the work for themselves. Um, my goal was they have so much to do and we're short staffed. I can't possibly ask them to do anything else. And so I was taking things on thereby not training them. So they weren't as self-sufficient as they could have been. And ultimately the term I used and, and, and you helped me see was really, are you benefiting the team? And the answer was no, I was crippling them. They weren't becoming any better through this. Everybody was trying to literally survive it, right? It was survival. And what I found is shifting, shifting the uh, trajectory. Instead of being, we were flat and we were just keep rocking along being flat. We were getting the work done. It was getting done, but it wasn't at the benefit of the team. And so ultimately I shifted and said, here's the things we need to get done. I don't know your load who can take on what? And we started, I mean, it was crazy. And short staff people were volunteering. I can take that. I'd like to learn. Can you teach me? And I had to shift my thinking to, okay, it's going to be hard because now I have to take time to teach. But the benefit of teaching them, they then taught somebody else. And it was a trickle. It was a trickle effect. And now we're to the point, then we've learned ways to better do that, to better well, teach, to record I, I, like this. I had an HR professional when I was a young person, a young leader taught me that, and this is where, I mean, we're going back to the late seventies, but the world hasn't changed because people haven't changed that by and large, we, we lose people from the workplace. I know that city government is especially concerned about engagement. Lots of resources go to trying to measure employee engagement in every city that I have ever served, um, and rightly so. But I was taught as a young man by an HR professional, an old head in the game, that people leave because they, they don't see where they fit. They don't have a clear understanding of how they make a difference. And as leaders, when we get focused solely on the output and all of our efforts are spent on the output, then we rob our people of the very thing that will keep them engaged, that will have them engaged, it's that value. will make them get up in the morning and wanting to come to work is if they don't see where they fit or where they are able to make a contribution because we are so focused on our own contribution because we just need to get this done. We just need to get that to-do list done. You know, that we think that's the game. Mm -hmm. And as leaders, it's so not the game. You know, the game is the collective. Can we get the collective output up? You mentioned a leader who had, you were looking for somebody that can fill a role and there's 40 people in the team. Well, I don't care if 40 people are average or even below average. 40 people are going to produce more output than one rock star. That's right. It's just pure math. You mentioned uh, in the prior episode, you know, where we kind of pull the curtain back on our own lives, getting your first job at, at EDC because, you know, your parents are like, you know, we, you need to be out on your own. You need to get at, you know, that's what, that's the whole back 
the parents that don't want the kids to grow up, you know, they, I don't care where they're coming from. I don't care if it's love based or anything else. It still has a crippling effect. You know, if we raise children who are unable to be independent, we also cripple employees who are unable to carry on with, without us or without us micromanaging every step of the way. Tell your, uh, tell your, uh, tell your fish, give us, give us my theory. (laughs) Yeah. Give us your fish, your fish theory. We'll call it. Well, and I, and I've got a picture out there. I don't know if you, for those that are watching, uh, in our box, I don't know if we can load it, but yeah, we'll post it. We'll post it. Just go to, go to today's episode on our website, growgreat.com. And, uh, you can see this photograph, but there, you know, my whole theory you hear, you know, give a, give a, I call it, give a girl a fish or teach them how to fish. Right. And my grandpa taught me how to fish. So I'm set for a lifetime. I can feed myself, my family, everybody else. But if I'm the only one doing the fishing or if you just hand me a fish, it doesn't, it doesn't last. I need to be the one producing the fish and finding the fish. You give me one, it's only going to feed me for today. Right. And so that's the theory behind it. And, and as you guys see the picture to give it in your mind, I told Randy, I said, I got a great picture for this, my theory. And we were, I, for those that have listened to the earlier episodes about us, when we pulled back the curtain, I love to fish and hunt and uh, we go anywhere where I can do that. And I'm at our anniversary, our 25th anniversary at the lake. And I get a business call and I'm literally out on the dock in my shorts and t-shirt and my husband, he's just looking at me and I have two poles in the water. Both of them have fish on them. I'm holding both lines. I'm reeling them in with my hand, with my <laughs> phone in my ear and my shoulder holding the phone and I'm reeling both lines. And my husband's just shaking his head like you, you should not be answering the phone right now. And so I unhook the fish while I'm still coaching and giving guidance on the phone <laughs> to the work employee that's having an issue. And I'm taking the fish off the hook and I hold both fish up while I'm talking on the phone. And he's like, can you, can you talk to them later? You know, he's mouthing it to me. I'm like, no, I got this. Right. This is easy. <laughs> yeah. This is nothing. Two fish, two lines. Just be thankful. I don't, third one's not got a hit. You right. Know? <laughs> right. So anyway, but that's my theory is, is we've got to teach our people to fish. We need to pass that on so they can feed themselves and feed our team and feed our city. Uh, if we're not doing that, you know, it's you're really not doing it justice uh, for them or for you and what you could potentially have. And it's a high-performing team. All of those things leading is going to lead you to a high-performing team. And we'll talk about our leadership recipe as we go along that has these certain ingredients that can help with that and help towards it, but they're required in order to be a really great leader. I call it going from average to awesome. It's the whole theory. Many of you have read the book, Good to Great. It's the average to awesome. You can sit in the average and you can sit in the good and you're going to be, you're, you'll be okay. But do, is that really where you want to sit as a city? And I think it all comes down to if we can teach effective leadership and really how to do that well, and then they have to apply what they've learned, which is the other part of what Randy, what we teach. You can't just listen and do nothing about it. If you do nothing, it's only going in your ears and in your head and there's no output, right? You have to apply what you've learned. But if they do that, I think 
I think that will lend well to the cities and leadership. And then the culture will get right. If there's a culture issue, the leadership will get right. And leaders start feeding off of one another. When there's positive leadership, really good leaders, even if they're green, are going to, they're going to go to the other great leaders because they want to emulate them. Right. So it, it, it becomes, I call it a feeding frenzy. You, you really want to be like that. And you start hiring for those. And then they start hiring for those and their supervisors start hiring for great people. And it just feeds itself. For the well, it can be really difficult to, to start. You're fortunate in that Grand Prairie is a high performing culture, um, you know, that was established years ago by, right. by leadership. It continues to be perpetuated and built upon and improved by current leadership. But the constraint, you know, so that we don't just beat ourselves up, the person who's got the great technical chops and we promote them up because they had that technical prowess. And now we're changing, we're changing the whole game. The whole judgment system is changing because I'm, I'm a worker bee. How am I judged? Well, I'm judged by how good my work is. And now I've got some leadership, some oversight role, and we can make a distinction. Leadership doesn't have anything to do with a title. It helps. There's no, make no bones about it. It helps when leadership has authority, mm -hmm. when leadership can flatten the learning cur curve, when leadership can get the problems out of the way. Mm -hmm. It absolutely helps, but it's not mandatory. There are plenty of bosses that are pathetic leaders. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of great leaders that just don't happen to be boss. But if you can, if you can capture both, it's great. But all of a sudden we've changed the, the game. Mm -hmm. So I'm great. I'm great in the IT department. I produce great work, uh, whatever it may be. And now I'm in charge of work. Now I'm, I'm judged completely differently. And we just are, we're doing these people a disservice when we don't, we don't give them the tools they need to be proficient, you know, at this, at this next level. Um, and let me add something there, Randy. Yeah, go ahead. There's a great, I was just pulling it up. Uh, there was a great quote that I found, you know, as we're doing these and I'm, like I said, I, lo I love to learn and I love to grow, but I found this quote that kind of obviously follows this from Cheryl Sand Sanders, and it says leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that impact lasts in your absence, which is, which is exactly what we're talking about is carrying on well beyond us. You know, if we can do that for our cities and we've created this culture of people hiring, great, mm -hmm. right. And, and leading and teaching them to lead and, differently than teaching them to manage. Um, if we focus on those things, it, it really can make an impact lot well beyond you. You know, I, my, my staff knows, I always say, I hope I just impacted at least one, at least one. I've made an impact. My goal is always impact and influence on somebody that they became better because of something that we have done. That's my legacy that I want to leave. It's not about how many leadership programs I put into place or, or a curriculum I developed or a reward system. I, you know what I mean? It's, it's about the people. I, I'm truly about making people the best versions of themselves one person at a time. 
And I think that's that focus can carry us a long ways. Well, and to your earlier point, I don't know, was it Mark Twain that said, after all is said and done, a lot more is said than done? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we, we, yeah. want, we want to practice these things. So uh, one goal that I know we both have with, with this episode and every episode is actionable, actionable things. What, what can we do? Um, but so much of this, this early stuff, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the term mindset, but for lack of a better one, it, it, it is, it is mindset. It is to the point of, of this old HR mentor I had as a young leader. It is that worldview. It's how do you see yourself and how do you see the contributions you make as making any kind of a difference at all? And it starts with that. And if we don't right. get that right, I don't know of any particular way that we can help other people figure that out for themselves as well. And as leaders, it's why I, I focus a lot, as you well know, on the stories that we, that we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell our staff, because we all get up in the morning trying to answer those questions. And if we can't answer those questions, we have a problem. We have a problem. Okay. And that's when turnover becomes way more the norm. When people come to work, they won't continue to come to work. And certainly, and we're seeing it in this environment, they absolutely will not come to work if they don't see that they're making a positive difference. Even if we feel like they are, but they can't see it, then we're not, we're not serving them well at all. Talk a little bit about, because I don't want our audience to get fixated that there is, I got to be this or I got to be that. Right. You and I have seen people that their personality, well, you and I, you and I are very aligned when it comes to philosophy, when it comes to our worldview of leadership. Right. But our personalities are very, are very different. So for for the audience that may think well okay is this a one size fits all kind of an approach mm -hmm. i mean what would you say i i think we all want to be leaders you talk about leading leaning into yourself uh leaning heavily into who you are you don't want to change your your basic uh i, I kind of call it beliefs system you know of course it has to fit the values of the organization you're working for but I don't think every leader looks the same. There are different leaders. We all have different strengths that we bring to the table. We all are in different industries. But I think leadership as a whole, there are certain things that to be a great leader, you do have to have that we teach on the humility, the curiosity. There are things we are going to teach on that will help you become a better leader, but we don't look the same. We don't act the same. I know great leaders completely different from me. You know, we've, We've talked in our past, uh, Tom Hart was our longtime city leader um, in, in public, I mean, in city government more than 40 years, recently retired. We've now got another great leader. Steve Dye came from a completely different background. He was a police chief for, you know, for many, many years in different cities uh, and moved over into city management, both extremely effective leaders, completely different, both very good at what they do, completely different. Um, Different is okay. 
they, they still do things really well. You know, Tom was high empathy and high compassion. Steve has got this amazing knack for communication, organization, working with counsel, you know, collaboration. They both bring really great things to the table, but in completely different ways. And then my boss, Cheryl, uh, she's our deputy city manager, budget finance background, very money driven, focus on mentorship, focus on growing her people. Uh, you know, they're just all different personalities and those are good. And I think honestly, that further balances the team because they bring strengths in different areas. And I don't know if that answers your question, but to those listening and those watching, I would just tell you, don't make them look like you don't make them be like you. That's the worst thing you can do. Find out what they do well and make sure they're in the, we call it the right seat on the bus here in Grand Prairie. A lot of times we found people that are failing in their current role and we try to look at what do they bring to the table? They're really great at X. Maybe they're not in the right seat on the bus and we look for a spot that better fits them to align them. And we've had, we've had that over the, my 25 years here has been amazing transformations of the people because we just didn't have them in the right spot and they can't see it themselves. And it's your whole theory of serving them. You know, helping them do what they can't not do for themselves. And sometimes uh, I had a great example. Don't mean to belabor the point, but we had an employee on our team still with us now. She was in benefits. We had an opening in classification compensation, which is where you pay them and fit them in the scale of what, what they should be doing, my job titles. And I said, you know, I think you'd be really great over here. She said, not interested. And I said, I want you to think on it. And let me tell you why I think you'd be great at this job. And she said, it's just too routine. It's too, it's too, it's just day in, day out. You're doing the same thing. I said, okay, true in part, but here's the part you don't know about. You get to solve the issues for our departments, our customers that we serve of every level in this organization. You get to listen to what their concerns are. You get the liberty to try to figure out how do we make this work for them? and create things, create new positions. You're almost like a creative producer, essentially. How can I solve for it? Because I don't expect them to be cookie cutter. And I said, I think there's this creative part that you're really amazing at, and you've got this high out, out, uh, aptitude for organizing and doing things efficiently and seeing the, the big picture versus this little niche. And she came back to me the next, uh, I told her to sleep on it over the weekend and think about it. And she came back and she said, I think I'm going to do it. And to this day, she has been in that role and just soared. I mean, she's now one of our managers and uh, it helped her see the light that she couldn't see for herself, but you got to be able to see that in your people, right? You, ne you need to know your people and, and know about them. So long, that was a long, very long story to a short question, Randy, but no, hopefully it, it gives perspective of, our leaders out there listening, it doesn't matter if you're in public works. It doesn't matter if you're in fire or police, if you're the city manager or if you're the crew leader, right? It doesn't matter right. the industry. You've got to see what the potential is for people. And that's where you grow them, grow them to what their potential is, not where they are today. And then see, you need to have self-awareness around you where you need to improve because so often it's the whole theory of looking at this splinter in your neighbor's eye and you've got a plank in your own, yeah. right? So 
that that's well, kind of I, my thoughts on it. No, and I I I completely agree. Uh, I think the you know one of the big hurdles and the big challenges for people is the realization that the success or the failure of our people is our success and failure, you know, as opposed to any jealousy or feeling like I need to micromanage. You and I both have raised kids and they're going to make mistakes. Um, I, I told my kids growing up, you're going to, you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. I just don't want you to make a mistake that you can't recover from. That's exactly what we told ours. Right. That's right. So, you know, let's learn from it. You know, let's, let's not repeat it. But I do think that the mindset of the leader is, is critical in that we, we've got to get our worldview of ourself and our role and maybe, maybe more accurately said our sense of self-importance, we've got to be able to, to look at that differently. It's not that you're not important. You're critically important as a leader but maybe not the way you think you are. It's not about, well, the whole world revolves around me, which is completely narcissistic. It's that I'm able to do for these people something that few other people, maybe nobody can do. I mean, in your role as, as the HR director there, you've got a unique position. People in our audience, they've got a unique position. I don't care if you're low level, if you're mid level, or if you're upper level when it comes to your authority that you've got. I don't care what the budget amount is. I don't care what the head count is. If, if there is, and there are many of you that may be aspiring leaders. I mean, there's a whole lot of conversation in city government about emerging leaders. That's how right. can we, how can we, how can we get more younger people, yep. you know, and how can we, how can we attract them? How can we retain them? How can we, we elevate and grow them? And, and the way that we have to do that is it begins with our own view. I, I call it default behavior. We've all got, we've all got default behavior mm -hmm. and some of that default behavior is great and it works for us. Others, not so much. But I do think that it begins with us. Here's kind of the contrary part of all this conversation when we're talking about leadership is we've got to be self-focused enough to get better ourselves. That's right. And that's not selfish. You know, the, the, the age old illustration is that all the moms on the airplane told, you know, put, put that mask on yourself first. Don't put it on your child first you think, well, that's not putting my child first. No, it is putting your child first because you are responsible for your child. So in the same vein as leaders, we kind of have to be self-focused on our own improvement, on our own growth, on making some shifts, even in our own, our, our own view. You know, you talked about when you and I first started work and, and I've got, I'll, I'll post it in the show notes that the illustration of, of the old woman and the young girl, you know, and our audience, you've likely seen this illustration or you've seen others like it. You hold it up and most people, they're going to see one or the other. One just leaps out at you and you just see it. And people can say, oh, well, I see a young girl. And I'll ask a client, well, do you see the old woman? 
they'll look and they'll look and they'll go, I'll go, okay, right here's her nose. Right here's her jawline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The minute you see it. You can't unsee it. No. No. <laughs> you can't unsee it. No. It's but, true. But until you see it, it can be tough as it can be tough as nails to see it the first time, which is why we're all in this together. And it's what we hope to do with the podcast is we just right. hope to help help people. You know, my, my phrase is my pet phrase is figure it out. Yeah. You know, we all are just trying to figure this out. Um, I'm not you. You're not me. Our approach might be different. Our communication might be a tad different. But yeah, to your point, there are some there are some key ingredients that we've all got to bring to the party. The good news is we do. The good news is we bring these things. We have the capacity for these things. Now we may not think that they're all that important, but you know, if I'm going to make a cake or if I'm going to make rolls or bread, I got to have flour. <laughs> That's right. I just got to have flour. Maybe I like wheat. Maybe you don't like wheat and you like some. I mean, we got to have flour. So there are these ingredients that we hope to bring forward and dive a bit more deeply into those that you've just, you've got to have them. Good news is you do. They're at your disposal. You just may not be using them as much. You may have undervalued them. You may, you may have looked at it and you see the young girl. You don't see the old woman. And until you see the old woman, you're, you're missing, you're missing some key things that you need to see in a, in a role of leadership. I don't know what took yeah, me off on that tangent, but well, but it's your focus is narrow. We've got to open, we've got to open the lens to a wide angle, right? To, to see, to see everything and to better help and serve our people. And it, and you talked about it, you know, it's so interesting in leading and managing and you and I spoke about this quite a bit. I want to remind our, our listeners and our viewers that leadership isn't just down, which is what often they, they, I need to, I need to coach up the people beneath me as leaders. You can serve out to your peers and you can serve up to your leaders. And I, and there are ways to do that really well that we can continue to serve one another. But again, Randy, you spoke about you've got to have self-awareness because all of us probably have something to improve. And we hope we can lend some insight and wisdom to that. And uh, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll close us with again, we are here between Randy and I, you know, we've got years and years and years of experience and a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different levels and with a lot of different challenges over our careers with leadership. I feel we can help. Uh, if you are in a situation right now and you're just not sure how to handle it and you're not sure what that looks like, please reach out to us and Randy will tell you how to do that. Um, and we would love to offer some insight and hopefully through the rest of these podcasts, you will continue to grow as well and and grow your organizations to be great and your people to do the same. The website is growgreat.com. There's a contact page over there. Feel free to use that. Lisa and I both will will get the message and we will respond. So there's that. We appreciate you <laughs> subscribing to the show. I got one big ask and that is tell a friend. Tell a friend. This is a podcast about city government leadership. That is our focus. For those of you that aren't in that space, there are certainly principles we think that will transfer, but we are especially thankful and mindful of all the rest of you that are in city government, and we'd love to hear from you. 
growgreat.com. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.